0: good day my crypto friends it's a pleasure to see you today today we have alberto from eos venezuela a uh, part of the eos venezuela block producers and we're going to talk about the current situation in venezuela and actual real use cases for cryptocurrency Venezuela is doing some big things so let's just get into it alberto why don't you tell us a little about the current situation how you guys are using eos down there and and what it's like
1: hey brandon thank you for having us mm-hmm. um well Venezuela right now, as, as you might have heard on the news, is just in a current state of crisis, general crisis. Um, we've been living under, let's say, a, a dictatorship for uh, over a decade, uh, almost two decades actually. Um, the government has a very strict control over pretty much everything in the country, from economy to social behavior, to uh, everything that comes in the country and that comes out everything is controlled by the government and these government had a really bad agenda that put us in the, in the crisis that we are right now Venezuela is a place that have a fiat currency that is worthless absolutely worthless like you you may seen lately a lot of videos of Venezuelan people using the note bills just to, to like do origami and try to sell that as an artisan of product because it has absolutely no worthy outside of, inside Venezuela and outside of Venezuela. So um, it's, it's a place that corruption has taken a huge toll on the, on the economy. Um, the corruption has, distorted all the behavior from citizens and, gov- and the government and it's, it's, a, it's pretty much the worst situation that you can imagine from all kind of predictions of a, a dictatorship, uh, a military regime, and all the things that you hear when we talk about blockchain and crypto, all the bad things that the government and centralization can do to a place, that's pretty much what is happening in Venezuela in the Exponential. Uh, times so um, That's it's it's a It's a situation with a lot of problems with a lot of challenges But it's exactly the time that we want It's the best time for us to try to do something radical to try to to bring new ideas and to bring new Technologies that can actually solve all these issues in a totally different approach
0: Yeah, it Alberto you it's it's wild to hear how you talk about that because you are part of the actual use case for for cryptocurrency and for eos and this blockchain movement and so many people like me uh, included talk about the use cases hypothetically well if this happens then we need cryptocurrency or we need this to prevent this from happening but you are somewhere that you're actually living the need for cryptocurrency and it's such i mean you're on the bleeding edge of how it can actually be used and that's that's so interesting, so um I mean what's it like i don't under, I, I, it's hard for me to even wrap my head around what it'd be like if if the paper money that we use isn't even useful. I mean how do people get how do you get your standard goods or how do you get groceries if you don't have access to cryptocurrency what's that look
1: like Well, this is a thing it's kind of a a long story that I have to explain first to to get here so in Venezuela, the government, like over a decade ago said we are economy is closed the only institution in the country and worldwide that is allowed to exchange venezuelan fiat money to any other currency in the world is the venezuelan government so let's say that you have all your money in your bank right and you want to travel you cannot take the money in your bank outside of venezuela like it's it's, it's absolutely worthless once you get out the only way to exchange that is to ask the government, like, hey, I'm going out. Can I use my money outside so you will exchange it for me? And the government, in the past, used to say, okay, tell me the reason, how long, show me proof, etc., etc." So this control over how you use your money, how you exchange it, and if you can use it outside or not, it just became this decadent control and process that got so, so, so bad, so, so, so tight to the point of today that you cannot access to an outside economy as a Venezuelan. We are pretty much secluded in our country with all these walls around us. And the only institution or the only power that is you know, allowed to actually trade with outside of Venezuela or import something is a government. So we are just like in our own country, right? And that's when Bitcoin in the beginning, it became like this, this amazing thing. When people in Venezuela start to realize that, hey, there's this digital currency that it will open the door for you to exchange first your local money to something that is tradable globally. And no one can freeze your account or no one can just control those Bitcoins and say, no, you cannot use it. That was a revelation. And that's why Bitcoin a few years ago started to become something kind of big in Venezuela. Bitcoin was the first one, but then after that became, you know, just part of the ecosystem. Now in Venezuela you have uh, as a big currency, Dash, Steam. Steam is a huge community in Venezuela. Imagine. Venezuela, because of our, our crisis, uh, our salaries are very low, like the, the economy is such in a bad depression that uh, currently a minim, the minimum wage is about $6 a month, Oh wow. a month. So imagine the first time in 2016, and then in, last year in 2017, when we start to promote it, you know, as a community of Venezuelans, like, hey, I discovered this. There's a place that you can just post content that you maybe you're willing to do it just because you like it and you can get rewarded. And then you can get rewarded in a currency that will open the door again to all kind of trades and to all kind of contacts with different worlds. And that just was a revolution, real revolution. Uh, there's a huge community that got interested about the opportunities in Venezuela these kind of applications of, of cryptocurrency and blockchain just became real doors to different kind of uh, business opportunities or, or professional careers, you know? If we're talking like a Venezuela minimum wage is about $6, when someone makes, let's say, $20 in a post on a stimulus, it's like, wow, I just yeah. made it, you know? So all these kind of um, applications and, and communities Start to build, you know, something like, hey, this is this can be the solution for many of us. For many Venezuelans, it became the pathway to actually try to do something with your life. Because imagine when when you're young or when you have a business or when you want to aspire to, to have you know, a, a big professional dream. It's, it's very hard right now in Venezuela having all these obstacles put by, by the government, by policies, by control, et cetera, et cetera. So cryptocurrencies are just uh, a real useful um, means of exchange, a, a, a door, a pathway, uh, however you want to call it, for the things that we lack the most. That is contact with the outside world. This is the opportunity, this is the means that we can actually say we are part of this globalized world, you know, this globalized community, because the, the internet opened that door. And for us, it's, it's amazing, like, the, the history of use of, of the internet in Venezuela, because we have all these connections with the outside world, or with other countries, or with our global community, but it always reach an obstacle, when it's when you have to use money, right? So every time that you have to pay for a service, or or you want to try to get paid for something, that was the obstacle. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you can try to send me, let's say I I have a lot of friends that that were freelancing on on the internet, and like five years ago, the MIPRO is like, dude, if I don't have a bank account in any other country, I cannot accept any payment, because the government of Venezuela, if you try to send money, they will say no, we take that money.
0: <laughs> really? So you couldn't even, if you were freelancing on, say, Fiverr and you had, you had it up there, you could only accept money basically in Venezuelan uh, dollars.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The, the first, yeah. I say that one of the first solutions were, were PayPal. But PayPal in, in Latin America has many restrictions. So it's not that uh, useful or open. And that's when, you know, Bitcoin changed it all right now the the, the main uh, advancement I think that we have uh, in Venezuela is like every day you find more people that are willing to to work with Bitcoin at any level. you know like right now, I have um, travel agencies that you can pay your your plane tickets with Bitcoin or with Dash or with EOS or with Steam so Uh, There are freelancers that that you have, oh yeah, I do graphic design and then you can pay me in Bitcoin if you want. You can pay rent in certain cities in Venezuela. And there are people that say, okay, yeah, it's this many Bitcoin a month. So that is just like useful. It's needed. And that is how us, uh, EOS Venezuela, and, and all our intentions to use EOS in Venezuela is actually because we need these kind of technologies, you know, it's not like, oh, yeah, we're fans of, of these blockchain ideas. No, for us, it's actual solutions. This is something that that we we see as, as all the, the tools that we need to actually solve the massive crisis that we have right now.
0: Yeah, and... <clears throat> It's an interesting concept because fiat currency has a has a lifespan. No fiat currency la- lasts forever. It lasts a certain amount of time, 100, 200 years sometimes, but you know not much longer than that generally. Uh, and then when fiat currencies fail, they've been replaced by by new fiat in the past. Now it seems that as fiat currencies fail and they're replaced by cryptocurrencies they're not going to be replaced by a fiat again. I mean, I, Venezuela is a, a great example. I mean, what's the chance of the Venezuelan community coming together and getting behind another fiat currency now that this one has failed? You know, it's, it's almost like they're they're picking cryptocurrency and I don't see that, you know, reverting back to fiat ever. Um, it's yeah, kind, of a, it's well, kind of a one-way street.
1: Yeah, well, exactly like you said, the, the, the lifespan of fiat currency, it's actually, in, in our case, When people say, like, oh, cryptocurrency is so volatile, excuse me, I come from a place that we have 1 million percent hyperinflation. Volatile, for me, is whatever. So Mm -hmm. fiat is is not any, you know, safe currency. Everything is how it's backed. If, if If the fiat is just based on the trust that you have on the government, if you have a good government, okay, then you can have maybe a stable economy. But if you have a terrible government like us, you have this crazy volatile currency that actually is, is worth nothing. And and it's funny that you you mentioned the the time span the life span of the fiat currency because in the last thirty years in Venezuela we have had three different fiat currencies. Wow. First, until the two thousand, the early 2000s, we had the bolivar. That's that's the the one that we have had all our lives, let's say. The believer then in 2006, 2007, it was facing for the first time like, you know, this hyperinflation and crisis and tremors in the, in the political scene of Venezuela. So the government has this, this brilliant idea of say, hey, if we control the government, and we are arbitrary because we don't have anyone else to pay attention. Let's just cut three zeros. And let's just rename it to Bolivar Fuerte, the strong Bolivar. And they just did it. And, of course, it was a failed experiment. And now, again, 2018, we are in a terrible crisis. It was the back then. And they just came out with, the again, same brilliant argument. Hey, let's just cut three zeros out. And you just put another name. So now it's the Bolivar Soberano. And, and that's when you see, you know what? Crypto economy is not so different from normal economy. It's just people that are willing to use something and to accept the value of it. But if you say it has value just because it's fiat, it doesn't work like that. And it's the same with crypto. A lot of people always ask me, like, well, but why crypto? Like, I don't understand how that thing has value. Well, that thing has value because you trust that has value, because you find it useful, because you, you see that it's actually a good tool, a good means of exchange for you, for your life, for your cases, for your business. And that is what Venezuelans are learning right now.
0: Yeah, the the transparency. Yeah, the transparency, and you—they can't. The government can't change it. Is it's huge.
1: Exactly. it's just useful, and, the, yeah. and by the time that it's just more useful than what we have, is when it, the curve starts to explode.
0: Yeah. So you said cut three zeros. So I understand the concept of of you know, are you saying? Well, are you saying cut three zeros off of the? supply? Are they actually going to burn dollars or, or, or cut three zeros or just the numbers that you use in daily life? Or how does that work? Just the numbers. <laughs> just so the numbers imagine that,
1: that, that something costs a thousand of the previous fiat, no, now it's just one of the new one. And it's okay. just like that. It's like and that.
0: do they issue new bills or they just say now the bills that you have that are worthless, actually now they're very worth,
1: they're worth more. The, every time they have done it, they have uh, issued new bills. That's the, only, that's the only, let's say, new thing that, that you put to the user. And so everyone wow.
0: has to basically reset. I mean, everyone starts at zero again. If you had, some, yep. you had money saved, then it doesn't count. Like, imagine
1: for the banks. Right, right now, pretty much the 95% of, of the banks in Venezuela are controlled by the government. Mm-hmm. So it's just like their own bureaucratic problem, but imagine for Normal banks just one day say hey now you have to cut three zeros out of all the accounts that you have it's like what? (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's not possible. This is so crazy. And then when you tell people hey, there's this other Currency, let's say to not just mention Bitcoin. It's this crypto that? You can use it here in Venezuela, but you can use it anywhere else. You can go to Europe, you can go to Argentina, you can go to the United States and exchange that. And if you don't want to maybe stay with that crypto, you can exchange for another crypto. And then you get this door open to all this fascinating new economy. And that's when everyone gets with like bright eyes. And you see, wow, this could be the salvation.
0: Well, it's this—it's this thought of a f- money and fiat, or excuse me, money and crypto being a a competition, a free market of which currency that you want to use, which currency may represent your value, which currency may best fit your needs. All of a sudden, the user is the the customer that's trying to be impressed, as opposed to uh, the user of fiat is is that's being forced upon them, and there's no incentive for the Uh, entity that's running fiat to to make it good for the user they're going to you know kind of manipulate how they see fit so that this free market of money is is one of the revolutions and like you said you can use bitcoin or you can transfer it into whatever to steam or eos or dash whatever you need to use it as and then travel all around the world with your you know whatever your best use case is so uh very uh, poignant there and you know it's very important down there where you are it's a, can you can, what's it like I mean who's using which cryptocurrencies are being used and what type of people are using those cryptocurrencies and, and what are they buying with them like what are, what are, what's like a, a daily use case like if you go out and you get lunch today are you using cryptocurrency
1: well right now I, I will say that there are maybe like two types of, of users of, of crypto in general one is the person that maybe has let's say it's wealthy in Venezuela or has business or, or you know has the need of exchange uh, do trade with the outside of Venezuela so the way that the big businesses that the, the few that are left are you know being capable to actually you know, transfer money outside of Venezuela and being able to do some sort of, of international trade of goods and services are looking into cryptocurrency because it's the only way that you could you know, actually try to do it. That's, that's one, of the main, one of the main types. And the other one is, I would say, young people. And young people, let's not say like, you know, just age. Let's say just everyone that is in this generation that is used to use the internet, to use a computer, to use a cell phone. So once you get into this digital uh, identity, I guess that we can call it, you start to to search for ways of, of income, for ways of, you know, knowledge or ways of to grow, you know, personally. So that's how you start to encounter The cryptocurrency as a way you know to do to grow yourself your wealth your knowledge to your professional self and everything so uh, you can find people that are doing some sort of you know trading you know investing in crypto try to hold try to sell making that kind of a a, a business or or a a way to, to earn money you have people that are very into steamy or or Steepshot, or all these applications that are used, blockchain that have rewards in crypto. And, and the people that are using, that are outside of Venezuela, and using crypto as a means to send money back to Venezuela. Because that's, that's one of the phenomena that we have right now. Uh, there's a massive exodus of people. Every year you see how many Venezuelans are just trying to seek for a better life somewhere else because it's, it's not possible right now in Venezuela it's, it's very sad the situation that we have so now having all these Venezuelans all spread around the world what's your first goal okay I have to try to settle down here try to find a job or something but then I need to send money back to my family because all of us we have pretty much all our family in Venezuela or certain part of your family and, and your duty is to help them, right? So crypto, again, is a way that, okay, I need to send money to Venezuela. When you are in the other side of the world, how is the only way? Because even with fiat currency, like uh, when you try to do a a wire transfer, it's super expensive and not all the banks are communicated and and it's all difficult. And then when when you start to explain someone, well, here, here is, I don't know, local Bitcoin, you pretty much go to everywhere in the world and you will find a way to exchange mm-hmm. your Bitcoin or your crypto. And that now in Venezuela is as possible too. So, that is a, a way to do, um, I think the word is remittance. Yeah, remittance, yep. Yeah, that. So, it, it's, it's this, you know, it's it just become the tool for people that are used to it or some sort of, you know, in, internet wise. Mm-hmm. and and that's how it becomes. Uh, right now if you go to Venezuela I'm not gonna say that yeah you can go to a restaurant and you will pay with your Bitcoin but you might find something like that mm-hmm. you might find a cafe or you might find this little uh, it's a little shop a little um, newspaper kiosk, or something like that that for some reason, someone told them, hey, have this, this mobile wallet or something like that, and if the case happened, you'll be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And every day, that hypothetical scenario, of maybe accepting Bitcoin, is happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I have paid my haircut with Bitcoins in Venezuela. Nice. nice. so it, it's, it's just building the community. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't need to pay for ads. <laughs> But that's that's what we, we believe right now. That is the most important thing. It's just building that community. The tools already exist. The technology is here. Now we just need to put it in the hands of the people, and that's how we get all this revolution going on.
0: Yeah, um, and so it sounds like it is mainly for moving money around outside of kind of the commerce, the daily commerce level. Um, and that makes sense as, as, as adoption picks up, that's something that changes. And man, what a powerful use case though. I mean, I just would like people who are listening to this or watching this to imagine that, you know, you live in whatever country you live in and all of a sudden your money's worth nothing. And if you're part of the younger generations, you're now considering having to leave your home country, move somewhere else in the world, find a way to make a start again, and then send money back home to take care of your family. I mean, that's that is such like a a wild proposition that I don't think a lot of people really put themselves in that place and imagine how, uh, what that would be like. I mean, that's, that's, that is a, that's a serious use case for crypto. You know, that, that's a a huge, a huge thing that it's providing, um, you know, that opportunity to, to to even have that because without crypto, I mean, you have that opportunity, but then it's this big hassle to even get money home. So, um, at least it's alleviating alleviating some of the pressure there. I mean, that, that's wild, man. That is wild. Yeah. Yeah, um, and
1: well actually what we believe right now, and, and now I'm gonna get into a little bit of EOS specifically. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, cryptocurrency, I think for everyone, as a as a historical way to, to see it, cryptocurrency was the the first step. You know, we all got into these concepts because crypto money, digital money, whatever. But then now is when we try to educate people and, and, and introduce it to to the masses the idea of okay crypto is just an application but what we need to pay attention is to this underlying technology that is a blockchain and then now with eos is when we finally have a blockchain or this technology that is available to be you know applied for everything that you want you know it has no obstacles from the beginning to actually be implemented. So for example, right now uh, use Venezuela blood producers. When we think about Venezuela, what we want to do is to come up with a plan, a plan to, to solve all the problems and the crisis that we have because it's our home, it's our country. It's not like, oh yeah, it's a business and we want to make money. No, this is our country that is falling apart and we need to glue it back together. Mm-hmm. And then when we start to think about okay, what are our problems? First, money, economy. Okay, we have cryptocurrency, good. But then we start to talk with other block producers and with other enthusiasts, and then we say, Well, but you know what? What is one of our problems? Well, we have a dictatorship and our democratic system is just just decadent, right? And and people don't really Believe or, or have faith when you go to an election and you say, Oh, well, this could be the change. You know that it's a struggle. It's a struggle of power from, you know, like David and Goliath. So when we see that now we can build through this technology, for example, a way of having massive elections of any kind of level. That are transparent, that are public, that are incorruptible. That's a powerful idea. Lately, these have been like my kind of conversations with people in Venezuela, and it's like, no way. And then the other day, I have this friend that is super smart, and they say, hey, you know what? Let's calculate this. And then we start to see how much the government has to pay for every election that we have in Venezuela. In Venezuela, because this type of populist, uh, supposedly socialist government uh, that is just the facade of, of a dictatorship. The only way that they convince the international community that, hey, we, we are always in the side of the people is because they make these elections all the time for anything. Like, oh, yeah, we won this, yes or no, let's make an election out of that. And of course, every time that they do that, it's a lot of propaganda. A lot of marketing, a lot of mobilization, logistics. They have these uh, machines that supposedly do uh, an online, super fast uh, send of the data, but that's a lie. And then we start to, to calculate all this, and this is roughly you know, the numbers. Let's say that for the government, every um, election costs from $40 to $60 million to 60000000 dollars Just the logistics of it. I'm not even counting propaganda or something like that. And then what if we could just program uh, a way, uh, a, a website, a dApp, or whatever you want to call it, to vote on the blockchain? And this is the best part. Now we have a precedent that is the EOS blockchain. They have a governance system and they actually have a voting system. And then you see, see, it's possible. It is. It is easy, it is massive, it is open. So what if we could redesign the behavior of our government and our society using these tools? And this is the part that we get more excited because this is like the second level, you know, transcending from this uh, economy point of view to a much more bigger dimension of what we could do with all these technologies in countries like Venezuela.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a great point. The beginning of our talk was only about the the currency application, but when you start getting to EOS, the the unlimited applications, this basically this Pandora's box that's been opened of possibility. And um, yeah, and the elections is is a is a big one, and the identity solve that Dan or the identity uh, one account per identity that Dan says he's got a solution for. I really look forward to hearing what that solution is and how robust it is because with that solution all of a sudden voting is a no-brainer. If, if one account per person is, is verifiable and easy, then all of a sudden voting is such a natural step and, and somewhere where the system's completely broken, uh, like you're saying in Venezuela, then it's such a natural progression to this online voting um you know places where the system is it, it is going to be harder to break down is where the voting's working fine and people believe in it then it's all of a sudden they don't they don't see the reason but i get it's the same way that the crypto or the uh, fiat application has been is being replaced by cryptocurrency is the same way that the voting application can be uh, fixed um and so that's that's really that's really a big a big idea and i know that um i believe it's uh eos meso possibly and in, in honduras is is looking into the the voting um
1: yeah it's actually with within that we're talking
0: yeah so mm-hmm. they got uh, jose over there yeah so they yeah they've yeah. got some they've got some cool ideas and you you've got some cool ideas i look forward to seeing how it plays out um you know and how it starts to get implemented um so you got the 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 currency application and the um the voting type of application, what other what other kind of ways do you see EOS affecting Venezuela?
1: Well, this is pretty much like our, our plan that we advertise while our candidacy for block producers. So what we want to do is to use all these benefits, right? To bring solutions to Venezuela. And in the third point, you know, thinking of, uh, of the, uh, About the macro vision of the problem of Venezuela something that we need to do is education you know we need to bring jobs but we need to pretty much bring a new set of mind for the the Venezuelan people because right now uh, the problem with with a crisis like this is like imagine that if you have a fallen uh, a society that is falling apart uh, a currency that is worth nothing what you get as a consequence is violence is depression it's poverty in, in big 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 quantities so right now to incentivize someone in Venezuela a young person a, a kid to hey you have to study you have to learn you have to see your future you know it sounds like a broken dream mm-hmm. it's it has no incentive to actually believe that. Why am I going to study if I know that I'm just going to be in the worst? So, something that we think that can you know, change that is um, these technologies, the, the education of these technologies. We believe, right now when you talk with all the startups that are working in blockchain or, or in, in technology, in the computer science, you need developers. Developers is like the biggest profession in the upcoming future ever. It's something that we need. It. It's something that, that is actually going to help to flourish all these tools and these technologies and the applications and the things that we can do with it. So what is something very good that we have about this? That you have knowledge online that is not necessarily to pay. Like there's a, a, such a huge... Uh, source of free knowledge on the internet that every day I just get amazed the things that I can learn just by googling like in one minute so what we want to curate is pretty much bringing all this free knowledge that is already online to the people and this as a as a career path to like hey you know this thing that we're using right now you can learn how to code that or how to use it or how to understand it more. And I, I will guarantee you that knowing that will open so many doors for you professionally. So this is the thing. It's good for Venezuela, but it's good for the global community because the more developers that we have, no matter where they are, it's good. Right now, we have all these outsourcing platforms that is just... The only thing that you need is your computer and access to the internet and that's pretty much the world in your hands and that's what we believe when we start to see the value of this technology then we see the value of the importance in to learn how to use it and learn to master them and that's what we believe that it will be like or is the third level of this revolution or of this new paradigm it's bringing education of, of coding of their understanding of the crypto and blockchain technologies as a way to bring jobs and a new professional generation of of young Venezuelans, all the young and everyone in Venezuela.
0: Yeah, that's great. And so, is uh, the EOS Venezuela block uh, block producer? Is that what your plan for um, if you start getting block rewards is to put it into the community and into education? Is that that sounds like the plan?
1: So our plan is we we created something that is called the EOS Study Center, the ESC, and mm-hmm. it's pretty much this idea. Uh, we want to, in some point, become uh, programming schools. Online, maybe physically. Physically, right now, it's very difficult because of the situation in Venezuela. But we say, hey, I know many people that have a cell phone or have a, a computer or a laptop, and then if, we know that there are these free knowledge you need and let's just it. you know, put it together, organize it, and make it easy for the people, for the person to to actually get it. So that's what we're starting to do right now. We build the ESC, that is um, a website that you can just go and there's a ton of tutorials, video tutorials, <laughs> because we believe that that's one of the best ways to, to actually access to the knowledge. There's video tutorials about many things from starting to code to more like complex things about uh, blockchain fundamentals and then a little bit more about EOS specifically, you know, like concepts of like, what is um, the stake and off stake and the air grabbing and the airdrops and all the, the RAM. And it's just this, it's just like, hey, you don't have to be such a geek or a wise person. You can just start to learn. The knowledge is just there. just... Again, we're just trying to put the things that already exist into the hands of the people, and that's when we start to see the the good results.
0: Yeah, what do you think the percentage of people, I mean, just a kind of a ballpark guess, do you think the percentage of people that know about cryptocurrencies in Venezuela is higher than, than the rest of the world? Is it like, or is it kind of on par?
1: Well, right now, I think that the only good thing that the Venezuelan government have done for us as a community is that it put the idea of cryptocurrency in the minds of everyone. Because now, I don't know if you have heard, the Venezuelan government, oh, yeah. uh, since the beginning of the year, they say, now we're going to have our own cryptocurrency. Of course, they, they're trying to, to, to use this this mm-hmm. kind of market. So they just start to say it. They have no idea what a cryptocurrency is. They haven't published like actually how they're going to do it or any infrastructure. Anything but they say every day. So, people in Venezuela, maybe if you don't really understand it, you know. You know that it exists, you know that it's possible, and you know that it's coming. Mm-hmm. So, that's, that's the favor that they did. <laughs> they actually legitimize it, uh-huh. saying, We're going to use it, and you're going to use it as a citizen. So, boom. It's like massive marketing to all the nation. And legitimizing because you know that that's something that you will have to get used to it. So wow. I think <clears throat> as a percentage, just to have heard about cryptocurrency, I would say something very high. I would yeah. say something, like, I don't know, 70%, 80% of the population. Mm-hmm. Because it's in the speech of, of all of the, the government officials every day. So that, that's, that's been kind of a, a good thing for us, I guess. Because it's, it's getting that that mediatic part easy for us now.
0: No, I, I think that that's I mean I think that's a great point, and that they did do you a great favor because um, <laughs> because people as they hear something more and more often, they get more comfortable with it. I mean, Bitcoin's a great example. So many people have heard the word Bitcoin now that that they're you know they're kind of comfortable with it or they know about it. It's not this this weird internet thing that you're gonna have to explain to people. You know, they at least think, oh, Bitcoin—that's yeah. the way I can pay people. You know, it's money. So. Um, so, yeah, that, that does sound like they did you a, a big favor there. So can you talk to me about the um, the petrodollar? Is, is that what it's called, the uh, petrodollar? Or, yeah, go ahead. Just the petro. The, just just the petro. petro.
1: So this is the thing. Because the Venezuelan uh, current government is considered and actually appointed by many uh, supranational organizations, like the American States of Organization, uh it's ca- categorized as a dictatorship. So the United Nations at the end of 2017 said, hey, we're going to make some sort of sanctions against the Venezuelan government because of this, because you know, try to push for a reform or for openness or blah blah blah. So the the United States as a as a nation, you know. And put some sanctions, some trade sanctions on the Venezuelan government. The Venezuelan government only pretty much gets his, the money out of oil, right? We trade oil, oil every day and that's a, a, a state company. So that's pretty much their their checks. And when the, the United States actually blocked that and make hey, they said to everyone in the world, if you start to buy Venezuelan oil, we're going to have problems. So don't buy it because we want to push for democracy, freedom, or whatever the speech is. Then the Venezuelan government started to face this reality that, okay, we need to sell this, but now we cannot use dollars because, well, that's, that's controlled by, by the American banks, right? So someone probably just said to to the government officials in Venezuela, like, hey, dude, you could use Bitcoin. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then probably out of, from that, they, they probably have researched a little bit more and they say, hey, you know, that you could create your own currency. And I think that's when, when it sparks like, oh, so we can create one of these just for us and we can still control it? And that is when, of course, it gets all bad because you shouldn't be able, but yeah. They just took this idea and deform it in a way that is just beneficial for them. So they say, yeah, we're going to have the petrol uh, state-backed currency. And how we back it up? Well, because our oil and gold and all the minerals that Venezuela is so rich that they control. But it's it's just that, you know, state just in, in, in the announcement of we're going to have our cryptocurrency backed by all this but when you read the the white paper that they published in the beginning, the website of the Petro, it says that it was going to be an Ethereum uh, coin, token. But then later on, if you go to the website, it says that it's going to be on NEM, the New Economy Movement uh, Network. And now, when they talk about it, they say that it's going to be stellar. So, you know, it's, it's like they don't know what to do it with it. They don't know how to do it. It's just, I think the word to to put it is just a scam. You know, mm-hmm. it works. It works for them just as a way to like go over the the sanctions and the blockage that other countries have on on our global trades. But it's it's nothing tangible. They just say that that they're going to pay the public servants with it. Now, we, supposedly, we're going to be able to pay taxes with it, but no one has access to it. So, mm-hmm. if you have a currency that no one has access to it, it has no value, mm-hmm. See, it's just obvious that, it's just a simple <laughs> economic law. So, it, it's just a marketing tool for the government to try to just delay their unavoidable end of their resources <laughs> and their economy. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's, that's what is happening with the Petro.
0: Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, it, it, it's real possible that they're just basically digitizing fiat and it's not really necessarily had, has the, the positive features of blockchain at all. It's just, we're going to put our money online now. Um, Imagine,
1: so that, they, they opened they open the registration for Venezuelan citizens to be miners of this token. Mm-hmm. Right? So everyone, oh, so it's going to be mineable. And then he said, no, 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 no. You're going to mine, but not right now. First, we're going to do all the issuance, and we're going to control it, and then later on, with the years, we're going to open the mining possibility. Yeah. It's like, dude, that that, that doesn't I'm work like it. that. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't really understand the technology. Yeah,
0: so, they'll, they'll pre-mine it all before. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Wow. So I've seen. Um, I've been seeing an airdrop on EOS for um, for for something. Is that do you know what that is? I should I should so, write it down.
1: So what we're doing, Yes mm-hmm. Venezuela blog producers, like I've been telling you. So right, we have to we need to tackle the 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 money issue, the election issue, the education issue. So we bring solutions, right? Education, we build the ask, the US Study Center, and we want to, you know, make that much, much bigger, right? about the, the money problem, then we, we think, hey, let's just put, again, the tools in the hands of the people. Let's just create a cryptocurrency that could actually work for the Venezuelan case and actually for many, many other countries that maybe face the same situation or the same obstacles. So that's how we created the CryptoPeso. The CryptoPeso mm-hmm. is an EOS-based token that we are promoting right now, we actually in the, me- the month of September is our airdrop. So what we want to do is just again bring a uh, means of exchange that is actually more useful and with much more benefits to Venezuelan peoples and to other people than the actual fiat currency. So it's a project, uh, we call it the plan for a modern economy in Venezuela and Latin America because that's what it is. It's a plan, this is the tool, this is the plan, and let's just use it. Set it and, yeah. Yeah, and then we actually have thought about this. Uh, we have a model that for us, the crypto peso has value only is if the, the, the community it uses it. So what we need to put it is in the hands of the people, the hands of the Venezuelans. So right now for us, it's just first trying to make it as useful as possible. Right now we're having all these uh, talks and partnerships with dApps and with people that are having services and businesses and like, hey, use peso. Mm-hmm. If you can use peso, if you can find it useful for your business model, for everything, we're just going to put it there for you. And we have learned an amazing partnership with a, a DAB called EVA that is an Uber-like made yep. of the blockchain. So for them, they say, hey, we want to, to be in Latin America. And actually, Venezuela has a very big problem with transportation. And they say, oh, okay. what if we put it there? I say, well, what if we put it there, but we introduce it with the crypto peso as a means of, of, of payment, right? And then they say, okay, yeah, awesome. And then all this synergy is going on. And we have a very particular airdrop. It's not like we just sending crypto pesos to everyone because this token has a very uh, specific intention, right? That is solve the problems of Venezuela and later on scalable to Latin America or maybe other countries. So we want to put it in the hands of venezuelans and we have something that we have called the selective backdrop we just need to do a, a registration process so we can actually create that community put it together uh, we have a, a a form that you have to fill just to have a minimum of kyc to have everything organized and the, the most efficient and the best way possible so we just Right now, building all the, the tools and the ways to, to make this spread out massively in Venezuela. For Venezuelans, but of course, we have in the EOS holders too. Just with the particularity that if you have EOS in, you, in your EOS account, um, you're going to receive your crypto pesos. But no matter how many millions you might have in EOS, you won't get more than one million crypto pesos just as a, as a max cap. So we can have more to distribute among Venezuelans and other users.
0: That makes sense, I like the idea. I think the Telos capped their, um, their airdrop as well for accounts. With the Venezuelans, are you gonna give them a um, kind of a base amount? Say they maybe they don't even have, they maybe only have one EOS in their account. You'll give them a, what's that base amount look like for them?
1: So our, our ratio for the airdrop is one to 10. Okay. One EOS, 10 crypto pesos. So for us, if you have zero, if you are Venezuelan, you have zero of this, at least you're going to get 10 crypto pesos okay. Okay. to start with. And then we have a, a plan by mid October, late October, we are going to launch um, a tool that is called the EOS Club. And the EOS Club is pretty much uh, a directory, a commercial directory and later on marketplace for people to use EOS and crypto pesos in Venezuela. It's like a massive online map. It's like, okay, I have my crypto pesos now. Where can I use it? Boom, here's the community, here's how you're going to actually make it grow and make it to interconnect to each other. And that's that's where we see the value. If this is actually possible, if it's a token that you can just hold it and wait like someday maybe can go up in price. That's just not worth it for for our, our plans. What we need is to build community and this community to interconnect to each other and start to use these tools. And that's why everything that we're building is just usefulness for the crypto peso and means to create that community, to put it together. Because right now in Venezuela, you have all these maybe small communities that they don't know each other. And that's why we want to just put them together and say, okay. Now, this is a real economy. If I can travel all around Venezuela and use my crypto pesos here and there and there, then that's where we're going to change the country.
0: Yeah. I mean, that that, that could be very powerful. It's, it's a fantastic idea. And it's so, where it's such a, oh, cut out for a second there. Where it's such a time in history now where this is possible, where you can launch a currency. And so I can't wait to see how this works um, and how the airdrop affects Venezuelans, how many people you get using it. Um, and, and this is such a great use case for airdrops in general because if you want to kickstart an economy or kickstart the use case, <laughs> the best way to do it is give someone 10 free crypto pesos and then say, hey, you've got free money, just go figure out how to go spend it, you know? And so uh, once that starts happening, um, it, it'll be interesting to see how it gains traction. Um, are you... Are you worried on your end about any sort of government sanctions I mean it's it's a pretty bold move putting out a competing currency with with you know uh, with a government you know
1: yeah well this is the thing right now in Venezuela you it's dangerous to do pretty much everything in yeah. your life like just thinking different it's, mm-hmm. it's dangerous in Venezuela so there's a point that you just, you know, stop thinking about that because if you will try to to maintain yourself under the the big good sphere with the government, then you won't be able to do anything because that's yeah. a problem. That's that's the resignation the resignation point. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky to be able to to be outside of Venezuela to travel. Uh, right now we have. Uh, part of our community is outside of Venezuela, and actually many of us are just you know emigrating because that's the only way that you could actually try to keep helping what is happening in Venezuela. If you go to other places, you're probably going to learn new things, you're going to have access to new ways to to see the problems, and that's what is happening, you know. I'm, I have to say for myself like if I, if I hadn't studied, I did my masters in, in Barcelona, in Spain and 2013 when I did my master was when I discovered Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be able to be here today. So that's the thing when you travel when you adapt yourself to a new culture, when you learn that it's a, a different way of life, all kinds of levels because Every, every language, every culture has a different uh, vision of, of life and the universe. So when you learn that, you just become a bigger perspective person. And, and that's why it's happening right now in Venezuela. I'm an I'm a idealistic believer that all these exodus, this migration that is happening in Venezuela, it's actually the seed that will help our country in the future. Because all these generations that are going outside are going to learn a different type of life, probably uh, a new way to be more grateful to what you have or how you get received in another place. And then that's, how, that's probably what you're going to try to, to, to plant in Venezuela. That's how we're going to bring solutions, you know, by going somewhere else, learning, and then bringing all that back
0: yeah that's such a that's such a beautiful concept this thought that you know out of out of tragedy a lot of the time comes this this drive to grow and, and be bigger and in Venezuela's case like all of these people being driven out of their home country out of necessity and then learning all these other wonderful angles from all over the world from different cultures and then reapplying them to back home where where that knowledge is needed is you know what a what a uh, could be such a powerful thing, you know, and, and that's part of why we see these ebbs and flows in society where societies rise and then they, you know, then they crumble and they rise again in different places is because of this, you know, this movement of people and thoughts and ideas and knowledge. And so, um, yeah, that's actually a really optimistic view for Venezuela. I, I like that. And and to you, man, it's it's very noble what you're doing, um, trying, to, trying to help an entire country. I mean, that, that's 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 badass you know i don't know what to say besides that that's you know when you think about like yeah i'm, I'm trying to you know I'm, I'm doing my part to save an entire country that's 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 the real, <laughs> the real shit man <laughs> good job <laughs> um, yeah but, but so,
1: like i told you it's just for us it's just helping our home you mm-hmm. know because it's the thing I, i'm not that old i'm 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 30 so for me i i remember of Venezuela that was absolutely radically different of yeah. what we have right now and I cannot believe you know when, when right now you, you're in the US right mm-hmm. imagine that you wake up one day and everything, everything that you know just change and change for misery for poverty for like all kind of obstacles and you cannot believe that it's like no I mean I know my home yeah. I know the country that we were, so that's that's why you start to say, I have to do something because I remember the good times. I remember when when everything was normal, when we have a beautiful life. I mean, I don't I don't want to sound patriotic, patriotic, but Venezuela is a beautiful country, yeah. beautiful, like with so many wonderful things, and. And It's just like a normal thing that you want to do, if you know that you could reach certain answers, certain solutions, it's, it's, it's just logical that you say, hey, I have a solution. Just please yeah. do this. Yeah. It's just that.
0: Yeah. Well, to kind of to kind of restate your guys's plan with the EOS venezuela block producer i mean you guys have earned my vote absolutely and uh (laughs) i'll try to get yeah i'll try to get some you know word out as i can about about what you guys are doing but uh the three-prong approach it sounds like with with giving it giving the venezuela a stable currency a stable voting system and helping educate people i mean it's what a what a great use case for eos and to see things like that pushed forward in the real world is is you know that that's something to that's something for people to put some um put some of their voting weight behind you know so uh yeah great work man um, thank you
1: thank yeah you. and we appreciate everyone that has voted for us it's, it's been amazing it's been an incredible incredible support and of course, if we can find more, the better. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean,
0: we've got a global community here. That's been one of my favorite parts of EOS is meeting people like you and other people in South America and Europe and Africa and Asia. You know, every continent I have friends on because of EOS. And it's it's brought this, you know, it, it's it's good to feel it, as a global community. You know, it's good to have understanding and love for your fellow man and so that's just bigger picture something that eos has has brought into a lot of people so i think that's pretty cool so um is there anything that we kind of glossed over anything that you didn't feel you know that that you'd like to touch on as far as your block producer goes or or, you know or you think we captured it pretty well
1: i think i think this how you summarize our plan it was the best thank you for that (laughs) yeah cool and right now you just just that I mean, with this, uh, right now the US community is in the verge of, of many things, you know? Every day that, that goes by, we feel that this is a huge experiment that is going on. The launch of the mainnet, the voting system for the BPs, this new type of, of political behavior on the blockchain, this is something incredible. You know that every day just evolves and transforms and and i think that that right now what we need is just you know in in some tangible way it's uh if we could find the appealing of of the voters in the ES community it's amazing because that's how you you provide you know a steady future for this plan and the second is just like could Put these plans in the voice of, of everyone and just share it. Because the ideas just get stronger and stronger when it's more people believing in them. When we started EOS Venezuela, we were just like, you think it might happen? You think that people will care about this? I'm not sure, but let's just let's just put it there. Let's just let's just tell people: hey, what if we use the EOS platform and all these benefits to do something as this massive plan from a country that needs it. And actually people care, much more people than I thought that it would be. And now it's amazing because it's just, the more that I start to talk, the more people I find that say, hey, yeah, this is good, and you know what? I have found much more people, much more intelligent than me. And then when I find all these intelligent people, they come up with actually better ideas. It's like, hey Alberto, what if we do this? Or what if we do that? And it's like, wow, this is perfect. Yeah, this is what I need. Yeah, this is the technology. And and it's just that, please just share this message, share this plan, share this vision. And let's just see that that cryptocurrency, blockchain, and the EOS platform is much more than just money and just IT and software. This the impact of what we can do with these tools is just massive. I seriously believe that we can change the world, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like it. Well, EOS Venezuela, Alberto. You guys are thinking big, and uh, that's something we all need to be doing. Thinking big is a is a big, you know, global community here. So, um, where's the best place for people to find an EOS Venezuela? Your your socials that you'd like them to find you on, follow you, and uh, you know what 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 would you ask of the audience?
1: So um, go and visit eelsvenezuela.io. That's our main website. When we have the information about our plan, when we have the register for the crypto peso airdrop, and if you wanna talk and know more about uh, about us and about our plans and discuss everything, just go to our Telegram channel. That is t.me/eelsvenezuela or our Twitter eelsvenezuela or Instagram, EOS Venezuela. We are everywhere, but if you wanna talk with us, just Telegram, Discord, it will be perfect. Twitter will be perfect also.
0: All right, great. Um, and my socials are The EOS Podcast. You can just Google The EOS Podcast and you can hear you know people with good ideas like Alberto come on and talk about everything EOS. And then I'm at Happy Money Man on the socials, Steam it, YouTube, so all over the place as well. Um, and it was such a pleasure to have you on the show today. And um, I, I, I'm gonna have to follow up with you in a couple months and see how you know Venezuela is changing because this is this is one of the most exciting um, you know block producer projects out there, and really some things happening down on the ground for Eos. So I love it, man. Um, Thank you, Brandon. Yeah.
1: The pleasure was me, was mine being here, and this this is a very nice conversation. You know, it's it's very cool when you can have these kind of talks or these kind of interviews because it's actually, it, it excites me to, to tell you and to see your receptiveness about it. So thank you for, for having me and thank you for this space and this time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was a great talk. And I, I appreciate it as well, man. That was fun. Thank you, uh, my my crypto friends, my EOS friends. And, you know, we, will, we got more coming at you. And we'll get back with Alberto and EOS Venezuela in the future and catch up and see how they're going on the EOS podcast. So uh, until next time, my friends, we will see you later.
1: The money is
0: not the prime
1: asset in life. Time is and uh, your time is.